I think most brands, what they should focus on right now is just doing the right thing. And you shouldn't have to ask what the right thing is. This is a little bit a part of being a rebel. It's being the voice of dissent, you know, saying the things people don't necessarily want to hear. But I think the brands that are going to do well right now are brands that do the right thing by their customers, by their employees, looking at it from a position of empathy and really approaching it in that capacity. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Hey everyone, Alicia here, and I'm really excited for today's episode featuring Nicholas Smith, who's the founder and CEO of Rebel and Reason. Now, Nicholas of the mindset that it's the time, actually now more than ever, for brands to be brave. Now, you may be asking, what does that even mean? I actually have the same question. So a lot of our chat revolves around what it means to be brave today, not just in the age of COVID-19, you know, where we're navigating new uncertainties, anxieties, but also in today's technology-driven era. I mean, we have access to more information than ever before. We're demanding transparency. We're demanding brands to stand for something. So how do you do that? Um, Nicola has a lot of great perspectives around that from the projects she's worked on with brands, but also some tactical tips, actual steps that you can take within your business, not just today, but in the future as we start to look towards a path of uh, recovery. So listen in and get your notebooks ready because she definitely has a lot of great tips to share. Nicola, thanks so much for taking the time out. Really excited to dig into some of this with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So uh, to kick things off, I I guess it's only appropriate to dive right into your work, what you do with your company, Rebel and Reason. I think having that context is really important because it's really what's driving our conversation today. So why don't you share with folks listening a little bit about what you do and, of course, the work that you may be doing with retail and consumer brands. Absolutely. Rebel and Reason is a branding and marketing strategy consultancy, and we help brands really look at industry conventions and then deliberately and strategically break some of those rules. This really helps differentiate the brands. We find it makes marketing campaigns more effective, drives higher engagement, it drives uh, fan them around different brands. So it really is an effective way to put your brand out there. Great. Yeah, I was doing some digging on your website, of course, to prep for this. And I loved on your website that you said Rebel and Reason has mastered the art and science of intentional corporate rebellion. And that that's not a phrase you, you see very often. So what exactly does that mean? And why is it so important in today's landscape, which, you know, we're, we're all surrounded by marketing messages and branding all the time. I think we all kind of understand the intention behind um, marketing. So, so why is that act of rebellion important? So I believe it's important all the time, but I also think that right now, as we're dealing with an unprecedented crisis, we are living through disruption on a daily basis. And again, this is something I believe that was true before this crisis hit, was that if your industry hadn't been disrupted yet, disruption was coming. And we've positioned disruption as a negative, as a threat. 
But the reality is that disruption is now the air we breathe. It's telling a fish that it should be afraid of water. And I think brands really need to shift their thinking and they need to understand that conformity, doing what they've always done, doing what their competitors do, following the same rules and processes that they've always followed, that is what will kill your brand today. And so I want brands and the people who run them to really understand that conformity is the biggest threat to your business today. Outside of our specific situation now, it's something that they need to learn how to tackle and they need to prime that muscle within the organization so that they can adapt quickly. Adaption shouldn't just be a one-time process. Yeah, absolutely. And I know in retail, especially, we talk so much about disruption. And especially now, I'm glad you made the connection to our current situation, navigating some new realities and and circumstances surrounding coronavirus. But I think in general, the retail industry has always had trouble breaking free from the status quo, right? Like you said, oh, we've always operated this way. It's always worked this way. Why would we try to fix what isn't broken. But even in cases where something is broken, we're still seeing that inability or that hesitancy rather to go against the grain or or go against the norm. So why do you think that is? I mean, I'm sure you've had your fair share of conversations, strategic meetings with executive teams. So what issues or mindsets really rise to the top as far as you know, what, what's really stopping them from acting? I think within a lot of, especially larger organizations, um, and I've worked with brands like Coca-Cola and Nike, Puma, like I've worked with brands uh, across the retail spectrum. And I think what you often find is that risk-taking is not rewarded at the highest levels of the organization. And there really does need to be a mindset shift. And too often, we fall into situations where the response is, we can't because. And there's a variety of reasons for that, right? We can't because of legal, we can't because of pricing, of sourcing, of our manufacturing process, whatever it may be. And one of the things we try to do is really help brands start to flip that dynamic and ask compelling questions where they combine the constraint with their big ambition and then use a tool called can if which is basically solution oriented so instead of we can't because everything becomes addressed by well we can if we don't call it a sweeps and we do it as a some kind of a raffle We can if um, we shifted resources from one department to another department, or if we switched out our sourcing from these regions to this region. And so it's really meant to be a tool to break down that type of thinking in an organization. But too often, I think it's just risk aversion and not wanting to rock the boat. Yeah, I definitely think that's a very fair assessment, again, especially in our industry where there's there's always a lot of red tape, a lot of politics. And because success is so measured by traditional means, just looking at the financial reports and 
innovation or risk taking is sometimes a long game, right? It, it happens over time sometimes, um, especially if you're testing a new concept or you know developing something in house and it may not see the customer facing impact for a while. They're they're not seeing that ROI as quickly, and that's why things sometimes get shut down. But I want to go back to this notion of challenger mindsets and challenger marketing and branding especially because I feel like for a while now we've been hearing inklings of consumers wanting brands to stand for something to have a stronger point of view whether it be environmental political or even just connecting to you know some sort of social cause right because that's becoming a indicator of you know who consumers want to connect with which brands they're loyal to but there's also this notion of you know being brave right and you know that's what really piqued my interest about you know connecting with you digging more into you know your story, your perspectives, because you really think that brands need to be braver. So I'm curious about what that exactly means in in your mind, in your world, and how you encourage executives to be more brave, whether that's at the tactical level, as far as their mindset. I mean, how is that being applied? So, you know, a lot of what you're referencing, I think also can fall under being a purpose-driven brand. And really thinking about the larger social, communal, environmental impact of your company. And again, everything from sourcing to how and where you market to how you position your brand and your values. For me, challenger branding, many of the challenger brands I work with do tie themselves to social causes or movements because it's part of their brand personality and it's connected authentically to who their brand is. And I think that that's really important as we think about brands that are doing this successfully is it's not just a marketing tactic. It is woven into the DNA of their organization. So it's part of their values. It's part of the way they approach treating their customers as well as their employees. And then it's also a part of how they message, they market, and how they bring it to life through some of these campaigns. But for me, being a rebel brand and being a challenger brand is more about having ambition for your brand and your business that is greater than your resources. And because of that, instead of shying away from that challenge as a challenger brand, you jump right into it and you start to challenge the conventions of that industry or vertical to see which of those are breakable and might offer new opportunities that others aren't exploring. And so that is a big piece of being a challenger brand is being willing to explore and being willing to sacrifice So being willing to say, if we go in this direction, that means that the certain demographic or psychographic of people are not going to want to purchase our products. And we're okay with that. And so that's part of the bravery. And that may come through by supporting a certain issue. We're going to support Planned Parenthood as a brand, or we're going to support environmental sustainability. And therefore, people who don't believe in climate change may not purchase our products, and we're okay with that. 
It really is a combination of different traits, approaches, mindsets that are all brought to bear on how the brand shows up in the world. Very interesting. So what if in the case of, say, a more established heritage brand, you know, someone, an individual or a team from the inside is saying, you know, what we're doing now isn't working. We're trying to be everything to everyone and something needs to change. They want to take this challenger type approach. How can they pivot successfully, you know, kind of reposition themselves in a way that still has that authenticity. Because I've been seeing a lot of commentary now around, you know, these more established brands possibly trying to take a stand and realign their priorities, you know, from a marketing perspective. And it's not seen as authentic or perceived as authentic by their consumer base or, or just, you know, the audience, broadly speaking. So how do they kind of get out of that sticky situation, right? Like they want to stand for something, they want to be brave, but they have years of heritage that's possibly holding them back or or preventing them from going as quickly or, or as aggressively as they would like. Yeah. So I think for individual team leaders, I think there's always opportunity to innovate. And I think it's about the first step that I would take is whatever department you're in, whatever type of projects you're running, the first step is look back at your brand values. And for most big brands, they've put a lot of time and energy into developing that. So hopefully it's thoughtful and meaningful, but that should act as a guidepost. And from there, what you should do is basically start to list out the conventions of your specific area, your functional team, how your brands and your category are marketed. And you can do this as a group exercise, literally go around and have everyone brainstorm what are the conventions or rules. So if you're a beauty brand, what does a beauty brand have to do to market their products? And list out all of those conventions and rules. They have to um, use print advertising. Nowadays, I would say they have to use influencers. They have to use some kind of celebrity or um, something like that. The images are always glossy and beautiful. There's a, a number of conventions, everything from aesthetic conventions, like in your actual creative, to messaging conventions. Are you and all of your competitors saying the exact same thing? to operational conventions. How do you sell? What does that distribution look like? And then push on some of those. And the easiest way to do that is to honestly just start by flipping them to the opposite. And there's no right or wrong answer, right, to any of these things. It's just getting yourself to that point of being able to look at your own industry or your own company or your own team through the eyes of a newcomer and seeing if there are different opportunities to adapt and change. Love that. So you you noted that some of these questions that need to be answered can be gone through team exercises, group exercises, which I, I think is a fantastic way to basically, you know, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, show to your team members that you do want them to push limits and that, you know, you as a manager, as a leader are dedicated to that new approach. But what else can leadership do to basically say to their team, 
listen, we're going all in on this. Feel like you can speak out. You can challenge things without seeing any sort of negative response or, or pushback. Because I do feel like that is a pretty big cultural undertaking, right? Especially, again, if there are years of history there that you may be trying to correct or or reverse in some way. Yeah. So that is where that can if tool really comes in handy. And what I have often done is work with executives who have started to implement that in their team meetings. So you can bring up a concern and a reason behind why something may not work or it's going to be difficult to get X department to approve it, but you have to frame it in a can if. So you have to start thinking in a solution-oriented way as opposed to falling back on, this is what we've always done, therefore, this is the only thing we can do. And so it really is about teaching your team and, and guiding your team to start to think that way. Because oftentimes there are solutions. I, I like to say my whole, my career, my life, everything has been about figuring out where the side doors are, you know, to get into places. And I feel like there's the same opportunity for brands to kind of take that new perspective, come in from the side door, look at it a bit differently and mm-hmm. see something new. Yep. I love that. And I guess my question for you now is, you know, today we're navigating some shifts as far as our lifestyles, our behaviors as consumers, um, the media we're consuming. So, I mean, what are the opportunities right now as we're kind of navigating some uncertainty, some anxiety? At the end of the day, businesses still need to figure out their best path forward, figure out a way to remain viable as businesses, right? We, we are seeing a lot of brands, a lot of retailers struggling right now, largely because of stores. But I mean, what's the opportunity from a marketing perspective, a brand perspective? Is now the time to really put the stake in the ground and start being brave? I think it is, partially because I don't think we have a choice anymore. The world is changing pretty rapidly. And even, you know, I, I'm here in Georgia and the governor has opened the state most local businesses and restaurants are in, at least in the city, are choosing to stay closed because they believe it's the right thing to do. So I think there's a lot of emphasis put on being a purpose-driven brand, which is great, but it takes work and it takes really delving into your heritage and your history and your founding and your narrative as a brand and your story and connecting the dots. I think most brands, what they should focus on right now is just doing the right thing. And you shouldn't have to ask what the right thing is. This is a little bit of part of being a rebel. It's being the voice of dissent, you know, saying the things people don't necessarily want to hear. But I think the brands that are going to do well right now are brands that do the right thing by their customers, by their employees, looking at it from a position of empathy and really approaching it in that capacity. As far as adapting and businesses struggling, we talk a lot about pivoting. And I I almost think that that's the wrong terminology because we're not talking about making a 180 degree shift in your business, especially not right now. What I talk to brands about right now is more taking stock and inventory of what you have and what you already offer. 
looking for new markets or demographics or psychographics um, or target audiences that would find value in that and building new solutions by creatively combining existing resources, existing services, existing packages or products, and really thinking about how to deliver value and comfort to people right now. Very interesting. I love that. So, I mean, I'm sure you're having a fair number of conversations right now, you know, helping businesses adapt or or figure out their best path forward. Are there any key takeaways, any key trends rising to the top? Obviously, you don't have to go into detail, but what do you see leading as far as key priorities right now? Possibly things we haven't discussed just yet. Yeah. So for retail brands, especially what you're seeing is that brands that are kind of, you know, of the online cloud era have been able to adapt pretty quickly. Many of those are direct to consumer brands. So one of the things that I am recommending retail brands consider is if there is a path that is direct to the consumer for their product. This is something that a lot of brands have shied away from because of the reliance on large retailers and those relationships, which are still very, very important and valuable. But this is also an opportunity to experiment with what that D2C space might look like for your company. So that's one of the trends that I'm seeing and one of the spaces I'd recommend brands explore. Another thing that I think is a real benefit right now is brands that have a true omni-channel marketing and e-commerce structure are able to better serve people. So if you're a brand that hasn't focused on building out your omni-channel offering from a marketing perspective, from a logistics perspective, and from a commerce perspective, now is the time to build that out because it's becoming more and more important. And one of my predictions post-COVID is that we're not going to see retail behavior bounce back in the same way. There's a lot of older demographics that have started ordering groceries for the first time online, and they're never going back, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to prepare for that omni-channel delivery in even a post-COVID world. So I see more order online, pick up at the grocery store, order online and have it delivered. I see a lot more of those types of models and mechanisms coming into play in the future. So brands that use this as an opportunity to get set up now are going to be better set up for where consumers are going to be after the crisis. A hundred percent, just based on all of the conversations that we've been having, it's been a greater emphasis on diversifying, right? So if you're not online, you know, really establishing that presence, or if you haven't invested as much in digital to really put more chips into that pile, so to speak. And if you're, if you have stores that are closed, figuring out how to bolster that, that in-store experience, largely through fulfillment, to your point, we're hearing a lot around that, especially contactless fulfillment. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out because I think we're all unified in that we don't know exactly how everything is going to begin to, you know, shake out, you know, what the recovery long tail looks like, how consumer behaviors will 
maybe go back to some respect or forever change. Um, but, you know, some of those key trends are, are definitely pretty consistent right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the big opportunities for brands as well is to really push more into the experiential realm, but thinking of um, it at the individual experience level. And I've seen a lot of brands that are really doing interesting things by shifting resources in that capacity. So for example, um, Kiehl's has shifted all of their in-store consultants to doing online skin consults right? and then making product recommendations. And in part, it's so that they can keep people employed. And in part, it's to serve consumers. And so when I say doing the right thing, that's kind of an example where they quickly looked for a solution that would allow them to keep their staff working and deliver value. So yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting things happening. I think anytime there's disruption, it's an opportunity to try new things. And so I guess the the other recommendation I would make for, for leaders looking to jump in, experiment, be brave is you can start small. You don't have to launch a massive program. Look for other leaders within the organization that are hungry to experiment, to try new things. Look for people who are already advocates of emerging technology. Don't start out by trying to convince the skeptics. Start out by finding others within your organization that are passionate about what the future looks like and work with them on small tests and proof cases, basically, to be able to take up to leadership to make a bigger investment. Yeah, I love that kind of building your own curated team of people who are passionate about the same things you are. So so you're cultivating that community and you're also helping drive actual change for the business. I love that. So to close our conversation, Nicola, we, we've covered a lot of ground, a lot of inspiring sound bites from you. Me largely coming from like a content and marketing perspective, I love hearing how brands are trying to take more chances and, and kind of ladder back into their true values rather than trying to you know, stick in that same mindset, same point of view. We talked a lot about what to do, but I'm curious if you have any insights into what not to do, how not to handle this new reality and, you know, this new call to arms to be brave. Is there a wrong way to go about it? Yeah. So I think something you mentioned earlier, just anything that's inauthentic, So before you launch a marketing campaign, especially if you're going to look at the purpose-driven or an issues-driven campaign, ask yourself if there are any weaknesses within your organization that don't align with what you're putting out. So for example, if you're talking about being um, really sustainable and promoting Earth Week and Earth Day then you better make sure that you're sourcing your products, your, you know, whatever's making up your products sustainably. So to me, again, it, it goes beyond that messaging. It's about making sure you're aligned as an organization on what your priorities are and what your values are and are those driving decisions across the org. I would also say that right now is not a time to go out with, you know, a big BOGO sales message. There are brands who are pushing some sales. I have not gotten the sense from consumer research that we've done that consumers are are really in that same mind space. And so it's much more about providing value and comfort than it is right now about pushing your product. 
And then, you know, I, I think it's making sure that you're not just you're not just trying to wrap your brand in the aura of that cause or issue. You need to have a narrative that connects why your brand cares about this issue to the impetus for your company and what you're trying to achieve in the world and how you're helping the community. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like, especially now, any brands and retailers that are trying to just hop on that that sale bandwagon, they're just kind of falling into the inbox, right? <laughs> For me personally. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how the urgency, the, the need to be brave or take chances, you know, how, how that continues to accelerate, you know, beyond this or as we get into more of a recovery mindset because we have been talking about this concept for a while, you know, prior to COVID, but um, I I think the urgency is really going to heighten, but we shall see. Um, Nicola, thanks again so much for taking the time out. Again, really inspiring stuff. Fascinated by your work and your viewpoint as far as, you know, what businesses need to do today. So thank you so much for digging into it a little bit deeper with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully this is valuable for all of your listeners. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And and to that end, thanks as always to everyone for listening today. We are going to have some show notes um, with some uh, helpful links around the work that Nicola and her firm is doing. So if you have any questions or want to learn more, feel free to check those out. Thanks again, everyone, and uh, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.